Hello and welcome to a new episode of the Giant Take Podcast. My name is Josh and I'm joined by my friend, my co-host, Alex. We got a lot to bang out for you in today's episode. We're going to be going through a few different signings that the New York Giants made in the past few days. And uh, we're going we're gonna to all make fun and clown and laugh at Alex because this episode could have been released for you this very morning here on Friday, the 17th of March. Happy St. Patrick's Day to all that celebrate. Um, but it was not released this morning. You want to know why? Because Alex decided that it would be best for him to watch a Brooklyn Nets loss against the Sacramento Kings live in person at Barclays Center. So Alex, congrats to you. Hope you enjoyed the loss last night. I'm not going to say I told you so, but I indeed, I indeed, I indeed did tell you so. Um, and now we're here instead on Friday afternoon. So we apologize to all of our listeners that are listening to this episode later than it could have been recorded. Uh, but unfortunately, you know, Alex just had to make sure to, to watch the Nets lose before we got here. So, Alex, how how are you doing? How are you recovering? I'm all right. Um, I'm doing okay. Uh, it's Friday, which is good, I guess. Not the ideal scoreline for the Nets, obviously, but a tough Sacramento Kings team that's really improving this season. But I'm not going to talk about that because this isn't a Nets podcast. Um, maybe it's well, as much as you want it to be. As much as I want it to be. Um, but, yeah, I mean, we haven't been back since the big news of the Darren Waller trade um, because we recorded, like, Two episodes right before that, uh, and of course, this happened right after that. And um, so we're here to talk about it now. Josh posted a video on our YouTube channel right after it, reacting. And the other, like, TikTok and YouTube shorts. It, there's definitely content. We haven't recorded the podcast, content but... available, but just not giant take audio episode available. And that's why this is here now. Um, but yeah, Darren Waller to the New York Giants. Josh, I'll let you give your initial thoughts on it and we'll get to some of the details well actually we should get to some of the details then we could get the thoughts on it without breaking well, that's yeah. probably the right order so the giants actually gave up a third round pick comp pick for darren waller 100th overall uh, which is basically like the first pick in the fourth round so a very very late third slash early fourth um pick 100 that was received in the Kadarius tony trade everyone's loving that because they're like it's Kadarius tony for darren waller in a sixth round pick amazing trade but really they're two separate trades so it's like kind of silly to compare them but anyway um you know that's what people are saying so i will let people know um about that he's had two 1000 plus yard receiving seasons in 2019 2020 he had nine touchdowns in 2020 as well uh, and was pretty much the second best tight end in the nfl behind travis kelsey um he only has played 20 out of the 34 regular season games over the past two seasons, he's dealt with a number of ankle and hamstring injuries. So certainly a guy who has become injury prone as he has gotten a little bit older. 30 years of age now will be 31 by the time the season starts. But he's one of those guys who's just such a mismatch uh, against everyone, really. Uh, you know, he's kind of that Travis Kelsey type. Um, you know, I'm not saying he's Travis Kelsey, but in terms of what he can do, on the football field, when he's at his peak, when he's on the field, when he's healthy. You saw it in 2019, you saw it in 2020, you see it in flashes the past couple of seasons. And, you know, he can operate almost as a de facto wide receiver one, despite being yeah. a tight end. Um, exactly. Yeah, so overall, I mean, we'll get to some contract details a little bit later and how that impacts everything else the Giants did. But um, first of all, what do you think about this? I like the move, but I'll I'll talk more a little bit about it later. I'll let you get your initial thoughts about it first. Alex, you already said, I mean, my thoughts basically, we have just traded for a wide receiver. 
that's what it is. Um, Darren Waller is a wide receiver lined up and put in the depth chart as a tight end. He's going to line up on the slot for the team. You're going to see him lining up on the slot like Evan Ingram would when he was with the team, more than lining up uh, with the offensive line. And that's why you have Daniel Bellinger there, more to block and line up with the offensive line and be more of a blocking tight end. You could have Waller running routes in the slot. And no, the Giants did sign a few different wide receivers, and we're going to go through it, a few couple of re-signings. Um, but they did not get that kind of number one guy. That's not true because they did, and it's Darren Waller. He's that number one guy for Daniel Jones on this offense now. And it's not the worst thing to have your tight end run that offense. We've seen it before. We see it in Kansas City. Really, Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller are the two tight ends that I can definitely say, and George Kittle, but more Travis Kelsey and Darren Waller that are two tight ends lined up at the wide receiver position. Um, they are two, basically two wide receivers in the NFL. They run routes like NFL wide receivers. They are the same height as NFL wide receivers, just a little bit bigger in size. Uh, weight-wise, and Darren Waller is a huge playmaker. I think he's going to do really well for this team if he stays healthy, and that's the main factor here is can he stay healthy. Um, it, I don't know when you want to move to the contract stuff, Alex, if you want to do your thoughts on it first, but I think the contract is definitely another big reason why it's great that the Giants made this deal. So we can go to that now if you want. Yeah, I, I'm just before we talk about that, I'd say I've always been a huge fan of Darren Waller. Haven't been, obviously, seeing him as much the past couple of seasons, but we know what's there. He's one of those guys who you see in the advanced statistics, like the uh, the Amazon, what is it called, next-gen stats, that he always is like up there in the fastest tight ends in terms of some of the routes he runs. Uh, he's a really big, deep threat as well. Um you know, overall, it's just with Derek Carr at quarterback, he was able to do all this production, and hopefully Daniel Jones, someone with a little bit of a higher ceiling than Derek Carr, can really take advantage uh, of his talents. Obviously, he is getting older, like we mentioned before, but you look at this trade, a third-round comp pick, 100th overall, there's not really much risk here, and we'll talk more about that now. We, You know, this has changed a little bit, but I'm going to read something first, and then we're going to talk about how the, why this has changed. So Waller's actually under contract for four more seasons. He just got an extension from Las Vegas. Um, it's around 10 to $12 million per year cap hit, depending on the year. Um, however, this season, there is no guaranteed money after this season, excuse me. Uh, that means there's no dead cap money if the Giants cut Waller after this season. No longer true. Um, this was when we originally signed him. And following the trade, this happened earlier this morning. See, good thing... We went to the Nets. I went to the Nets game, Josh. Um, the following the trade, the Giants have converted nine point eight million of Darren Waller's base salary into signing bonus, creating seven point eight million in cap space. So that actually adds some dead cap to future years. So we can't get out with no dead cap, but it's still minimal. Uh, you know, seven point eight. What would it be? Or $9.8 million spread over four years. It's only a couple million a year, depending on how they spread it out. Um, probably a bit more heavy in the closer years, but um, still an area where there's not much risk. If he's bad, you can cut him. Uh, but I really don't anticipate him being bad more that the injuries could be an issue uh, if that continues. But hopefully uh, he can you know, recover nicely this offseason and you know, kind of make a fresh start here after a couple of uh, disappointing years in Las Vegas. 
I think this was done, obviously. We're going to talk about, you know, some other signings. This was done to cover some of the other signings, not necessarily to sign a particular former Giant who some are excited about, who we'll talk about a little bit later as well. Um, the Giants made quite a few moves, and they needed some cap space, uh, and I think that's why this was done. If they do need to add additional pieces in free agency, more expensive pieces, then they might look to restructure someone like Leonard Williams or Dory Jackson, uh, worst-case scenario, since he's in his final year of his deal. But, I mean, that's pretty much it for the Darren Waller deal. I know it's kind of like a bit old news at this point, but uh, certainly a really, really exciting proposition. Now you have a tight end room with Darren Waller, Daniel Bellinger, who can hopefully learn from Darren Waller in terms of his receiving game. Um, and then you got a guy like Lawrence Cager, who's almost like a mini Darren Waller, uh, if you think about it, who's still on this roster, a guy who can maybe develop quite a bit from you know what Darren Waller is doing in practice. I think overall, there's just so many positives. Darren Waller has a great story, obviously came back from suspension with the Raider, uh, Ravens, uh, was able to really turn his career around um, you know, after some difficult times for him personally. So overall, I think it's just a really good player and just a really good guy to bring into this Giants locker room. I would agree, Alex. Uh, I'm a big fan of this Darren Waller trade uh, as, I, I, I'm, as much as you are, if not more. Um, but I think we're about the same level here. In... Same level of happiness. Yeah, yeah. We're very happy about this deal. Um, we'll have to see if the Giants add anything when it comes to wide receivers in the draft. But let's talk about what they did here in free agency. Kenny Galladay's release, they made that official. They had to wait until like the league year basically started, uh, which it did on the 15th, and it's now the East. No one signed him yet. Official. No one signed him yet. I'm shocked. Oh, I'm really surprised. I wonder how many days until he goes I to the XFL. I think signed by someone on a minimum deal. I have a feeling. Like, uh, I don't know. He'll revitalize his career somewhat. I have a feeling. I don't know. No. No. But anyway, um, I have a feeling. Uh, again, it's... It saves the team $6.7 million against the salary cap. Now moving on to more giant signings. This is the least important one out of all of them. The disrespect. Jeff Smith, the wide receiver, a former New York Jet with a one-year $1.2 million deal. No guarantees there. Had 34 catches for 426 yards and no uh, no TDs in four years with the team uh, across MetLife Stadium, I guess you could say. And then um, he's mainly signed just to help with special teams. So a very, very not important signing for the New York Giants. Next guy here. This is very important, and this is who I wanted all along. I've been saying on the podcast for the past couple of weeks, as much as we've been doing free agency coverage, I want Paris Campbell. I would like a guy like Paris Campbell to sign with the Giants. Blah, 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 Campbell, whatever. He signed. The New York Giants have signed Paris Campbell, a wide receiver from the Indianapolis Colts. It's a one-year, $3 million base salary deal with $1.7 million in playtime incentives and $2 million more in production-based incentives. Could get up to $6.7 million, $3 million of those dollars guaranteed. 35-year-old? Uh, no, he's only 25. He's a youngster. Uh, Campbell is still developing and had his best career last season with 63 catches for 623 yards and three touchdowns. Campbell's now a New York Giant, and he's going to help out. He's going to be a backup option probably third or fourth on this depth chart behind guys like Darius Slayton and Isaiah Hodgins, and Slayton we'll get to a little bit later. Hodgins was brought back earlier this offseason. I'm very happy about this deal. Um, I mean, obviously I am because I wanted him to come here from the start. Um, but I just think he's a good depth piece to have and also just another young guy, you know, on this Giants wide receiving, uh, in this wide receiving room uh, that they can develop and hopefully he'll just get better and better over time. 
Yeah, I'd say on the two deals, I think Jeff Smith has a lot of upside personally. That's kind of why I was joking with Josh that it's not like the most no, you know, not important signing. If you look at some of his tape, he's actually a really good separator. He's really quick. There could be some potential there with him. Never really got an opportunity in a quite crowded uh, Jets wide receiving room, but interesting signing. But yes, very effective on special teams, which is probably mainly where he will be. Um, and then Paris Campbell, I'm a, I'm a fan for sure. Struggled with injuries for the first three years of his career. Only played 15 games in his first three years. Um, but this past season played all 17 games, which is really impressive. Josh said the stats earlier, had a pretty productive year. A guy who's in the slot a lot of the times, but has outside flexibility. A great separator, a great deep threat. Uh, had a couple of really good deep touchdowns, actually, uh, with Matt Ryan, of all people. So... Uh, a really impressive guy in terms of what he's done in just one year um, of real production, right? Because the other years kind of don't count almost. And uh, if he can consistently stay healthy, it would be good for him and good for the Giants. Obviously, he's going to get, if he does play all 17 games, um, that is another $1.7 million in his salary, right? So every week he plays is 100 k uh, basically with that one point seven, one point seven divided by 17, that's 100 k for anyone. <laughs> Uh, who ha- didn't catch on to that. We don't have any concerns with the contract, right? Because I know there's some people on Twitter that were talking about the contract. I just want to make sure we're both in agreement that the, the contract doesn't spark a uh, no, I don't, a I don't deep concern in our hearts. And then the additional $2 million, I believe, is for 700, 800, 900, and 1,000 yards. So if he gets eight, if he gets uh, 700, that's 500K. If he gets 800, that's 500K. Uh, you know, 900 additional, five, you know, et cetera, so on. Um, so overall, I'm, I'm, I'm happy with the deal. It's a nice proof of deal. And if he can put up even better production this year, then hopefully you can sign him to a long-term deal. That's really the goal with all of these guys. Um, so one year, not a lot of risk and, uh, hopefully he brings some flexibility and upside here to this Giants wide receiving room. So excited about that and, uh, sneaky excited about Jeff Smith too. That's why I'm telling you Jeff Smith, maybe it'll be good. Um, and then I guess we'll move on to a couple of re-signings. Now, uh, two players that uh, are coming back, one not a surprise, one pretty surprising uh, in my opinion. So the Giants are first re-signing veteran outside linebacker Jihad Ward. Um, he's back on a one-year deal. We don't really have the numbers on that yet, um, but I'd assume it's in the million or two range. Um, he had 43 tackles last year, three sacks, and most importantly is just a leader in the locker room. Uh, a really, you know, popular guy. Um, and overall, I think he's uh, he's someone who brings a lot of experience on a relatively young defense. So I'm glad to have him back. And then the Giants, I'm so happy about this, have re-signed wide receiver Darius Slayton on a two-year, $12 million deal, 4.9 of it guaranteed. Uh, and then it is up to $16.5 million with incentives. Co- so he could make upwards of 8 and. Uh, a little upwards of eight and a half million, eight point two five million for those who need exact math um, per year. You look at some of the other wide receivers on this market right now. We just saw Juju go for eleven million dollars. We saw Lazard go for eleven million. We saw uh, what's the other play? Jacoby Myers go for eleven million. To be honest, is there really that big of a gap between those plays? I think. Personally, I think Jacoby Myers is worth $11 million, in my opinion. I think Juju Smith-Schuster is probably worth 9 or $10 million. But then I think someone like Alan Lazard is on the same level as Darius Slayton. Um, and the fact, obviously, I know there's some 
you know, situation with Aaron Rodgers. We're talk we're not talking about it today, but it looks like he's going to the Jets. Um, that you know, I get that, but you look at some of these other receivers and what they're getting. Is Darius Slayton half as good as Juju Smith Schuster in terms of like price to uh, production? No, right? So I'm happy with this deal. I know a lot of people were not though. Uh, a lot of people on Twitter said this was an overpay. I totally disagree. He led the Giants with 724 receiving yards last season. And he also led the Giants in two more years in the past. Three out of his four seasons he's been with the Giants, he's led the team in receiving. Granted, the Giants have not been uh, very effective in the receiving game those four years of his career, but still. And also, consistently on the field, missed very few games in his Giants career. And I think that's something that's valuable. Um, Your most important ability is your availability. Um, Stealing that quote right there. And I'm I'm happy he's back. I think he brings speed on the outside, more deep threat. Um, he was really the only deep threat for the Giants. Now that he brought in Paris Campbell, we bring back Slayton. You got a couple of deep threats here um, for Daniel Jones. Darren Waller as well. You cannot forget about him. Uh, and you got to remember, in the beginning of the season, he was buried um, behind Richie James, Isaiah Hodgins, even David Sills and Colin Johnson before he tore his ACL. And he fought. He was on the third string uh, unit in training camp. He fought his way back. He's, you know, he got a starting spot again. He earned Dable uh, in Kafka's trust. And eventually he ended up leading the team in receiving with some very important plays down the stretch, helping the Giants uh, get to their first playoffs and their first playoff wins. So overall, I'm really happy. And I think this sends a good message too. You could be now when there's Giants in training camp and they're on the third team in training camp uh, and they're with the third string guys and they're you know, balling out with Tyrod Taylor, and they're thinking, ugh, this is bad. They can think. Now, Darius Slayton, he just got paid, and he was in that same situation. It's a motivation for some of these players, and I think that's certainly uh, something that also needs to be thinking, you know, thought about rewarding players who put in the work and are true professionals and who are able to make an impact uh, despite any adversity they may have faced earlier in the season. So really, really happy about that. And and with Slayton's re-signing, this most likely, this basically, this what I want to say definitely solidifies that the Giants will not be in the running for Odell Beckham Jr., the wide receiver that the uh, that Alex mentioned don't crush the earlier dreams. this episode. Don't crush the dreams of pe- the people. Don't crush them. Um, Odell yet is still tweeting about it. He tagged Saquon Barkley in a tweet, I want to say it was this morning or yesterday, telling him to talk to Joe about maybe signing a deal. It really pains me, Alex, that this man is so desperate to find a team that he is, quote, tweeting or adding, you know, commenting, like using the at symbol, commenting for Saquon to get him added to a team because no one wants him. It's really. I think people are interested. I just don't think they're interested at his price point, which is like twenty million. Yeah, which is it's going to be a lot, and and I don't even know why he even says Saquon. Like, talk to Joe. I have some unfinished business, whatever. When you're telling me if Saquon actually did reach out to Joe Shane and say work out a deal, and he brought in Odell Beckham and his agent to come in, Odell is still going to give a high price point, and Shane's going to be like, "No way, I'm signing you to that." First of all, we just brought in a few guys. We're losing the cap room to make more deals, and especially bringing a veteran like Odell Beckham. It's just going to be too high of a price point. The Giants, remember, they're going to have 11 draft picks in this draft. Well, now 10, right? They're going to have 10 draft picks in this draft. They're going to have to sign all 10 of those guys to contracts of some sort. And there's still moves that they could very well make in free agency. 
So why bring in Odell Beckham? Is thirty no years old. No one is giving him a five-year contract or a four-year contract like he wants. Um, no one's paying him four years, eighty million dollars. I'm sorry to break it to him, but this is just a fact. I wouldn't bring him on for any longer than a two-year, ten million dollar deal. Personally, that would be like my max, and even that, I think he doesn't deserve anything more than that. So you know, like, if he has a one-year prove-it deal with the Giants. We'll welcome in it. Welcome in it. Uh, welcome him in. Excuse me for a few years or for a few million, and uh, you know he can he can vibe with that. But otherwise, I don't think it's going to be a a match here uh, with the Giants. That unfortunately, and there there's no reason, Alex, to talk about him on a Giants podcast for more than the amount of time you already have done so. So we're going right to the next thing, and that's the wide receiving room that is in the building that does practice with the team. That the, these are the players that are actually on the team, not the ones that Giants fans on Twitter are hoping to get. So, with the move so far, the wide receiver room looks like this. Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, uh, Darius Slayton, Wandell Robinson, Sterling Shepard. Obviously, mind you, both of those players coming out of the ACL tears. So we'll have to see how and they the last guy season. About two. Jeff Smith and the last guy, Colin Johnson, also coming off an ACL tear. So three out of those... Uh, whatever, seven players I went through there, eight players, are coming off ACL tears, and you really have no idea how players come back from th- those sort of injuries. They're a very big deal, and it prevents you from running for a very long time, and you have to rework the muscles to run, um, not even just to run, but to walk, and then tough to run. Injury, yeah. It's a very tough injury. We know from firsthand, uh, our friend towards ACL playing soccer this year, so we actually know firsthand how much of recovery he is. Um, but yeah, funny enough, him and him and Wandell Robinson tore their ACL like within probably the week or two of each other, uh, both in the fall, and probably both going to PT as as uh, at the same time points too. I'm sure they run into each other at the physical therapy. I feel like Wandell probably goes to a little bit of a better one than he does. Though. <laughs> He might. He's got a little bit more money in his pocket, too. What I would say right now is you look at this wide receiving room. I think the three starters right now are going to be the very similar to what we had before. Um, it's going to be Hodgins and Slayton on the outside. And instead of Richie James in the slot, I think you're going to see Paris Campbell in the slot. So I think Paris Campbell is an upgrade over Richie James. Um, you know, Wandell Robbins. And then you got guys like Wandell Robbins and Sterling Shepard. You know, Colin Johnson, Jeff Smith, hopefully. Uh, if you did, you mention already the Shepherd news, the not the news, but the age thing. Too. Yeah, well, Shepherd's obviously thirty, right? But he's more in with that. Well, I'm saying he's the oldest in there, and he's only yeah, exactly like thirty is not old, but even in NFL terms, like I know, you know, when you're getting up to forty, and then there's Tom Brady, which is like whatever closer to fifty. Um, then there's that, but it's not like even Sterling Shepherd's old. He's thirty years old, and everyone in that locker room is younger than him. Uh, the youngest guy there, I want to say, is Wandell at 23, right? Something like that. I mean, Sterling Shepard's had the injury history of a 40-year-old, so that is something <laughs> you have to keep in mind. But yeah, a 40-year-old NFL athlete. Yeah, yeah not to say that because not every 40-year-old is getting their ACL torn twice and a bunch of other ankle and lower body injuries. Yeah, um, Isaiah Hodgins, Paris Campbell, Darius Slayton. I think that's a solid receiving core, and then you bring into the fold Wandell Robinson, Sterling Shepard, Colin Johnson. As a guy, you know, Sterling Shepard and Wandell more in the slot. Collins Johnson is kind of a backup outside guy. Um, you know, Jeff Smith as kind of a utility player as well can play both on the outside and the inside. I think overall this room looks pretty decent. I think it's slightly better than the room last year, right? It's not much better because it's mostly the same players, right? 
Um, but I think overall, I'm happy that this group uh, is here together at this point. And you got Darren Waller, and I think that's the big thing that people are forgetting, exactly. right? You know, this wide receiving room, yes, maybe it's very similar to last season with just Meyer upgrades, but overall, Darren Waller, as your kind of main target, is on the team. So that's the main thing to think about. Interesting point here. Um, Isaiah McKenzie was just cut this morning by the Buffalo Bills. Oh, boy. And he has a very, very close relationship with Brian Dable. So I'd be very interested to see if they bring him in. I think the Giants are definitely interested. According to Art Stapleton, they will be poking around him. Um, I think it would be a decent move as well. Like I said, you got three of these guys, three of these key contributors, at least two very key contributors in Wandale and Sterling Shepard in the slot specifically, who are probably going to need to be eased back in this season. So why not get a guy that Brian Dable's familiar with and, you know, is Isaiah McKenzie, a guy with a lot of upside, very shifty, great separator, a great playmaker. You can do a lot with him. And I think he'd really thrived in a uh, Dable-Kafka offense. I'd be willing to bring him in, obviously on not too expensive of a deal. I can't imagine he's going to have uh, uh, only one suitor in the Giants. I'm sure he'll have a lot of interest. But if the Giants could bring him in, I think that would be a decent option. I know that just happened recently, so I wanted to mention it. Um, so if he does sign, now we look very smart. Uh, and Alex, I know it's somewhat small, but there is a, an improvement right now on paper. And from uh, what the first on a, sorry, go ahead. I'll let you finish. But we do have some breaking news, actually. OK, breaking news in one second. Go ahead. Uh, so let's break this not breaking news that uh, if you look on paper, the New York Giants, just the roster of wide receivers looks much better or at least somewhat better. You can better than the. Uh, what they started the last season with. If you look right now, is Kenny Galladay, Wondell Robinson, David Sills, Richie James, and Darius Slayton were the top wide receivers on this team. You already get Kenny Galladay out of there because he did nothing. You replace him with a guy like Isaiah Hodgins at the top of your depth chart. And then you have Wondell Robinson, who's still here. David Sills after him. You replace that with Paris Campbell, who's a more veteran wide receiver. Then Richie James, who was a good addition for the team. Now it's Darius Slayton. And by the way, Darius Slayton put up a good year. Um... Yeah, and then Shepard and blah, 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 blah. But already it's better than what it was last year, and that's what we're looking for. We're looking for improvement at position. And that team with those wide receivers who some of them didn't play because they sucked, some of them got injured throughout the season, other guys stepped up and they ended up making the divisional round. So you have that. Anyway, that's all. I just wanted to make a point, Alex, in comparison to last year. But what is the breaking news we have? So the biggest giant free agent that is not yet re-signed, uh, and that is... Did we just sign? Did we just re-sign Feliciano? Not Feliciano, Julian Love. But Julian Love is is not returning to the Giants. He is going to be joining the Seattle Seahawks on a two-year, $12 million deal. Um, That just came in from Adam Schefter. Interesting here. Relatively high, considering what the safety market has looked like so far this season. Um, Here, I'm actually going to look at um, spot track to see what the recent safety contracts are but overall I think that's a reasonably rich contract for safety um, this season I mean what do what, you yeah, have man what do you think of that whole situation I'll let you talk while I try to figure this out well I mean we gotta get a safety <laughs> and that, I mean that's Belton, how I think right? of this situation you have Dame Belton and Pinnock will Belton start next year though is he that good where he can start I mean, so not even you lose a safety, though, but you also lose a great guy in Julian Love, by the yeah, way. Let's talk about him as a player. Too. Not even as a player, but as a locker room presence. He was the captain for the defense. 
And oh, he was close with all the guys. He was great with the media and press conferences. He was a really great, not just an athlete on the field, but also just a, a regular, genuine human being in the locker room. And that's something I'm going to miss as a Giants fan. Yeah. Damn, man, that sucks. I mean, I guess it makes sense. They, the Giants were not expressing interest in him. It seemed like they had other options and players on their mind before love. So good for him to go out there and get some money. But that, that pains my heart a little bit. I'm not going to lie to you. I mean, if you're looking at similar deals here, Jimmy Ward got $6.5 from the Texans. Von Bell got $7.5 from the Panthers. Chuck Clark got $5 million from the Jets. Eric Murray got 2 and a half. I mean, that's not really a great comp. Jabril Peppers got $4.5 million from the Patriots. So, I mean, maybe it's not that much, but interesting that the uh, Giants decided to let him go, for sure. You know, safety obviously is not one of those positional value positions, I guess you can say. Uh, you do have Xavier McKinney, who you're probably going to want to re-sign, but, um, I mean, it, it's tough um, to lose him, for sure. I think, you know... I think this is going to be an opportunity for Pinnock, and I think it's going to be an opportunity for Dane Belton. Um, Pinnock, obviously, a little bit more experienced. Dane Belton, a guy with a lot of upside at that safety position, and hopefully they make it work. Maybe they bring in a low-end free agent as well. Uh, maybe they make another pick in the draft in the mid-rounds, mid-to-late rounds as well. Not really sure about the safety position in the draft. We'll have to look more into it now, um, I guess, with Julian Love's departure. But I certainly think, uh, yeah, the Giants are going to have to do something I don't think it's going to be big, though, because I do think they believe in Pinnock and Dane Belton. So, uh, alongside Xavier... Or Dane Belton and Pinnock. Yeah, I don't know whose order, who order, you know, what order they have, would have them. That's my order. That's your order? All right. Um, but uh, certainly interesting. But I guess good luck to Julian Love in Seattle. I think he could really yeah. thrive in that Seattle defense, though. Um, you know, kind of a jack-of-all-traits player. He is a player who does a lot of things good, but not many not anything great you know what i'm kind of saying there josh like well maybe he'll all blossom with under this contract like you said maybe different environment i mean good luck to him he's been a great giant and uh moving across the nation too by the way it's going to change time zones a little bit that's a that's a big move you're going across the country all the way up to uh seattle in the top left of the united states oh wait a second just got something in from pat leonard oh boy i know oh sorry Uh, all right so i'm gonna keep i'm gonna keep oh i'm just gonna read it sorry so he said, believe the Giants offered more than this out of the gate, um, but there was a persistent disconnect, and Love uh, sought a new opportunity. So it sounds like the Giants actually offered more than the $6 million there, So according to Pat Leonard. So there's an interesting one. See, I told you it would be worth our time. Yeah, I would say it's Dane Bellin's time. I think that's really what it is. And, you know, maybe the disconnect was is that the Giants might have offered him more, but it just he might have just seen that they weren't as interested, even though they were offering the money. Because they were going after other positions, and Love could have just been scrolling on his Twitter because he's he's pretty active on Twitter, and he's just seeing the Giants have signed this guy, the Giants have signed this guy, the Giants have signed this guy, and he's just like, do they really want to offer me this contract? You know, and I bet you Seattle was a little bit more like, we want you here, because they have, they haven't made that much moves in the offseason, that many moves. So, but anyway, we're not going to ramble on forever. We appreciate you listening to this episode of the Giant Take Podcast. You can hit that subscribe button on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen. Go to the Giant Take Pod. Uh, our social medias. It's on uh, Twitter and TikTok, The Giant Take Pod. The Giant Take Podcast is our usernames for Instagram and Twitter. Nope. Facebook. Alex on Twitter at 8 23 I'm on Twitter at Joshua29. 
Um, what else can you do? You can rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well. You can go to shippingstudios.com slash giant take to look at a bunch of places to listen to the episode. And with that being said, <clears throat> all that stuff I just talked about is going to be in the podcast notes if you want to check that out. Alex, I'll send it to you to wrap this one up. Thank you, everyone, for listening to today's episode of the Giant Take Podcast. A lot of new players coming in, probably a whole bunch of new players still yet to come in. Draft getting closer as well, a little over a month away. A lot of exciting stuff here for the Giants, and uh, they did make that big splash move with Darren Waller, um, and hopefully everyone's super excited about that. Episode's not done yet. Go ahead. What happened? Art Stapleton basically just... uh restated Pat Leonard's tweet in different wording saying that um, when he was in the building, the Giants made a strong push to sign him before that negotiation period even began where other teams were not able to talk to players except that team themselves. So when the Giants before the, the talking period began earlier this week, it would be right on Monday. Yeah. Um, the Giants were able to talk to all their players that the contracts were expiring. So they were actually trying to a strong push, according to Art Stapleton's tweet, uh, before that negotiating period began. However, once the deal was not reached, I guess by Monday, the team moved on. So they let Love look at his other options. What I would say, right, for Love personally on a personal basis, before we wrap this one up, he's in the shadow there of Xavier McKinney at the Giants, right? So if he wants a really big payday in the future and really wants to develop and be a number one safety on a team... I think Seattle's probably the place to do it. So, you know, they've developed really great back-end secondary players in the past, and I don't see why they can't do it again with Pete Carroll and all those guys still over there. So, uh, you know, I guess good luck to him, but uh, disappointing to lose him. Are you you all done now? We all done now? I'm going to keep scrolling. I just wanted to double-check, but go ahead and wrap it up. All right. Well, anyway, you I kind of did my wrap-up anyway before. So um, thank you, everyone, for listening to the Giant Take Podcast. Uh, And we'll see you next time. Peace. Welcome to the All 80s Movies Podcast. I'm Bill. And I'm Jason. And this is the podcast where we talk about the blockbusters, the flops, and everything in between from one of the freshest decades for movies, the 1980s. So whether you're a brain, a jock, a valley girl, or a Jedi, we've got some 80s classics for you. Do these movies stand the test of time? Are we discovering something new? Is there an 80s movie we're finally watching for the first time? Join us each week as we dive into the cinematic nostalgia that inspired and influenced a generation. From the hits to the cult classics, we'll discuss our earliest memories, favorite scenes, fun facts, and our not-so-favorite movie moments, too. It's the All 80s Movies Podcast, now available on all major streaming platforms. Please subscribe and happy listening.